essence. We're always going to be in motion. Uh, maybe there are times where we rest. And you know, a lot of people refer to death as sleep or the big rest. So maybe yeah. there is a part of us that just stops moving for a little while, or you know, we're outside of time, we're not really moving, but when we're in time, we're always moving and we're always yeah. in motion. So there could be that aspect of existence where it's much slower, not a lot going on, I guess, or you know, the experiences that we're having are, are not nearly as visceral as they are here. You know, I don't know. I by no means any expert on dying in the afterlife, but uh, no, but definitely interesting. I, I do think that your I look at it this way: everything that I experience in the external world is a projection of my internal world. Mm-hmm. So if I want to see something, whatever I imagine these realities to be or be like, then that is what I will experience. And so when you listen to people who take psychedelics, for instance, or have near-death experiences, there is always a similar uh, recounting of things, but then there's always a very individual and different experience for that person. And it's usually, you'll hear somebody say, I died. And when I was dead, I was in this desert, and, you know, or whatever they were experiencing. And then somebody else is like, well, I went to hell and Jesus showed me all of the errors of my ways because right. they're a Christian. That's what they viewed things as being. That's what they experienced. So whatever the reality is, we're interacting with something that is just pure information. It's just light. And mm-hmm. how, we, how we perceive that light is different to the individual because perception is what drives your reality. There's mm-hmm. a, a story of this mother and her daughter and the daughter is, the mother is sort of training the daughter in these kind of metaphysical things and unlocking her chakras. And mm-hmm. the daughter is scared because she sees this demon, this monster. Mm -hmm. And the mother, of course, is working with her and she sees it too, but she's not afraid of it. And she just walks over to it and turns it into a kitten and -hmm. starts petting it, right? And she tells the daughter, she's like, you just have to change your perception. And when Mm -hmm. the mother left, the cat quickly changed back into this monster. So. What's happening when we see something dark or demonic or satanic is really just an externalization of fear that we have yet to address and deal with internally. Our fear of the unknown, our fear of death and dying and Mm -hmm. darkness within us. And so once you, you know, go through that, people call it shadow work or whatever name you want to give to it. It's mm-hmm. really just going through the deepest, darkest traumas in your DNA ancestrally and healing that, removing the shadow and allowing the light that's underneath to shine through. And then you can just turn that demon into a kitten or whatever you want it to be, because ultimately you realize it's all just a projection of you anyway. 
Right. It's like that um, old urban myth of like the call is coming from inside the house where it's, you know, the, yeah. the whole the whole issue is you, you know what I mean? Like it's coming from you. And so you got to deal with you or that old adage, wherever you go, there you are kind of thing. So yeah, very interesting. And um, I'm sure you saw the movie, What Dreams May Come. And it sort of addresses that idea when um, it talks about one of the characters suicides when she passes, uh, her afterlife is very depressing. And it always kind of left me with the impression um, that our state of uh, emotional state, as well as our, con our concept of the afterlife plays a, a large part into what, you know, we experience. But you're absolutely right. I've heard lots of people talk about their time um, where they believe they were in heaven or in hell or whatever. And I used to get really freaked out when I would hear people talk about their time in hell thinking, oh no, what if this is that and honestly, the more I exposed myself to ideas like that, the more like, you know, metered and calm I was able to be when thinking about them more and more. But um, yeah, definitely lots of projection happening in like the early days of my conspiracy, uh, you know, journey for sure. Lots of pointing out satanic stuff and, and you know, <laughs> lots of that kind of, but yeah, I guess in a way it sort of burns off because I don't really do it as much. And in a way, I sort of, uh, I don't appreciate the Satanists, but I definitely look at them sort of more as uh, people are just what they are. And maybe our idea of what is going on, maybe we, we just have to like come up with a concept to describe the atrocities that we see. And um, yeah, you got to learn how to deal with what you're seeing. I guess that's the main point of getting through all this is how can you walk the walk after you have seen all the things that you've seen. <laughs> yeah, it can get difficult. I mean, some people just get stuck in certain places within themselves. Um, yeah. You know, they kind of plateau on something. And like, I've done this so many times. That's, that's why I can relate to people when they get stuck right. somewhere. And it's difficult to accept new information that contradicts what they've already come to believe is the truth. It's like, you know, when you tell somebody you've been lied to, then immediately, once they accept that, they want to know, well, then what, what's the truth? And then if you give them a truth, that's not really any more true than <laughs> what they believed right. before, then, then you go through this so many times, people can start to feel like they're, what is truth anyway? But a lot of people right. don't like that. It's uncomfortable. So they, they like to stick to one, one spot uh, where they get to, they feel like they've got it all figured out. They know what's going on and they know how to go forward and what we need to do. And they want to tell everybody what we need to do. And of course yeah. that for that's them, that's, the that thing. is true. That's always the thing. It's like, we can, I've, I've seen this a lot since 2020 of like, we can, we should unite but like how I want to unite and under only these belief systems that I carry. And like, you know, it's very interesting how people can say like, we need to unify, we need to unify, we need to unify. Okay. What if you have to unify with some Satanists? Like, what if you have to unify with your Trump supporter neighbors? Like, what if you have to unify with, you know, ABCDE? And it's so interesting how yeah. Well, it's funny we were talking about shadow work because the shadow for so many people in the word unity is hilarious. And you're absolutely right. I don't think people 
a lot of people, myself included, every time I consider unity to be everybody, you know what I mean? Because you always kind of have this harmonious idea, but um, yeah, coexistence is a bitch and it, it's just what it is. We all gotta, all gotta live with it, guys. <laughs> But absolutely, you want to you want to understand someone's shadow. Uh, the word unity and what they include in that would be a really great first step, I think. What's going on with this Pluto return? I keep hearing people talking about. Mm. Well, Meredith, <laughs> let's talk about it. So. Every just about 250 years, really more like 248 years, there is a, basically, you know, when a nation originates or is born, Pluto, which is the planet of death and rebirth and, um, you know, transformation, change, the underworld additionally, and um, can have to do with like those with power dynamics, like we've all experienced, maybe, well, maybe we've all experienced those in relationships where there's like that really unhealthy, like power battle dynamic. That's a very, like the empath narcissist dynamic is a very good mm. example of like a Plutonian dynamic. But anyway, so Pluto is a place when, um, when a nation is founded and then it takes about 250 years for Pluto to come right back around to where it was when the nation was founded. So in 1776, <laughs> Pluto was in Capricorn at the 26th, 27th degree. Uh-huh. And that very same degree is what is coming up in February like the exact Pluto return is coming up in February, which means that, I don't know, we've just all been anticipating something. I don't think anybody knows exactly what it is. Like there's a bunch of different things that could happen and may all happen. I don't fucking know, but you know, there's like a cyber attack or like a cybersecurity thread. There's like now a war thread that's like coming up really, mm -hmm. really strong. I'm watching that. That to me, that is looking really like it's lighting up for this Pluto return as the war um, mm -hmm. narrative. And, you know, there's also, but basically the idea is that, you know, either this empire will like officially fall or, you know, America can be reborn into something else. And I know that if you ever read like Manly P. Hall or like some of the quote unquote light occultists, there's like a, um, there's a desire to make um, like America into the new Atlantis or something like that, like sort of, uh, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I don't really know exactly what is going to happen, but I know that likely something, I mean, it kind of seems like just based on my perception of it, that the economy is kind of holding on by like a thread or like tape and hope, you know, so that kind well, there's of definitely some, like, I think some dicey news on the horizon for the stock market with interest rates. So I think you might be yeah. seeing something, some volatility in that regard yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 And um, okay, go on. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I want to hear what you have to say. Cause I, um, I want to, I want to, yeah, I want you to feel okay. it out. And then I have a question. 
Okay, sure. So the last thing that I was going to say was the Pluto return is happening in the U.S. charts second house. And it's opposite the U.S.'s sun, which a lot of this has to do with like, quote unquote, enemies, foreign and domestic, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, you know, also it has to do with our values as a country. Like, I really feel like there's just like this deciding moment of like, what are we really going to do here? You know what I mean? Like, are we actually going to like give this, these ideals at least, are we going to give that over to like a foreign entity or like a foreign type of energy power, whatever, there's a lot of like foreign energies collecting debts that I get from looking at the Pluto return chart. But anyways, that's all. Go on. Um, when I hear you say the word um, enemy, I know that we're talking probably like political and uh, like countries, things like that. But I can't help but think of like the greatest enemy of all time, which is Satan, right? And it makes oh me gosh. think of like all these people are going to be dealing with their own like um uh how do i explain it they're gonna the consequences of their actions that they must they maybe thought were like yeah. the noble thing to do and i don't even and as i say this i i know where people can go with this and i of course i guess that i mean that but i don't even mean that necessarily about um all that stuff but I just mean that there's going to be like a reckoning of people of, and, and that could look different for everybody you know what I mean like some people that could be health some it could be financial some it could be you know whatever but I just a reckoning is what comes to mind and I love that you talk about that you just brought up like Satan or like the idea of like this adversary I think mm -hmm. that the people who like worship and draw power from that energy, like seem to view it as some kind of like an archetype, right. Or like a, right, right, like, right. A force, not necessarily like this, like, you know, <laughs> like yeah. deep holding a pitchfork or whatever. Right. But like, but Although I, I love that as well. <laughs> right. Like in South park. But I think that, yeah. um, that there's something that you said that triggered what we were talking about earlier, which is the shadow work thing. If mm -hmm. somebody has looked at their own, because we're our own greatest enemy, like we really are, like everybody individually, mm -hmm. be their own greatest enemy or their own best friend, you know, depending. But I think if somebody does, like, if somebody does their shadow work and like looks at themselves and recognizes that they are their own worst enemy, like, then they're not gonna be as quick to foist the you know boogeyman onto someone else like someone who's unvaccinated or somebody who's like like in 9-11 it was like terrorists you know right I see right so anyway yeah well I I wanted to jump in on this Pluto thing Please. as well jump in, Eric so I just want to see what you guys think of this and so I have several things to say but we were talking about earlier about Dante and mm. I know that in, you know, certain mythology that Pluto is the God of the underworld, mm -hmm. but it also has to do with death and rebirth. And so in Dante's travels through these nine or 10 levels of hell, he, when he goes to the heavenly spheres, he has to pass through uh, Pluto. And so I just recently, you guys just recently had a guest on uh, mm -hmm. a, a woman that 
was talking about human design. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, Aaron. And it was very synchronistic because I had just cracked open the Gene Keys book. And I I was doing a ceremony because I, first thing, the Gene Keys book is just like an introduction. And then the rest of the book is all of the 64 Gene Keys that you work through. Mm-hmm. And the book suggests that you go at it with a sense of randomness, right? Don't just go from one and work all the way through 64, mm-hmm. but allow events in your life to guide you onto which gene key that you need to be working on. Mm-hmm. So I did this ceremony with my wife and we, you know, we laid out some candles and some crystals and all of this stuff. And we were just making it up as we go, right? Yeah. There was no... Yeah. just personal things. But my intent was to focus on my ancestors and healing uh, a lot of doing a lot of that shadow work, like really seriously getting into trying to get into the same ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I used the I Ching Oracle deck that I have. And mm-hmm. I drew the 42nd hexagram. And so this has to do with very positive stuff which was great. And I read through everything uh, that it was talking about. And I was reading it in the light of, you know, my ancestors and all of that. But then I decided that I'm going to go to the 42nd gene key because of that. And that gene key has to do with death and rebirth and letting go of life and death. Mm. So I just, you know, and there's connotations uh, or connections to Pluto with that particular gene key as well. So I just thought that was all very interesting. Now, that's been a theme that's been coming up for me just randomly, this this idea of death and rebirth. It's been on my mind. It's just been everywhere I look. And I can't help but think that that's that Plutonian energy that's starting to come in. As far as Satan goes, I used to think that Satan was this external being that was trying yeah. to, you know, harvest all of these souls to take to hell. I, I certainly believed that at one time, mm-hmm. but I've kind of in line with what Meredith was saying, I've started to see that Satan really just represents the ego. Mm-hmm. And the reason I feel this way is because if you read the book of Job, where Satan is <sighs> essentially like a prosecutor, you know, mm-hmm. he's just doing what he's told to do. And he, Mm -hmm. you know, he's advocating for Job. He's like, "Ah, I don't think Job's got what it takes. And so God says, well, test him. Let's just test him. Let's give him some pain and some suffering and see if he buckles, right? Let's see if he gets the vax. Let's see if he just does what everyone around him keeps telling him to do. Mm -hmm. Let's see if he lets his ego rule him and he caves to the material reality and the belief in the material reality or if he keeps his mind focused on the spiritual and he resists all of that temptation to just give in and so satan then is like to me it's the ego it's it's this battle between inside of yourself between that part Mm -hmm. of you that wants power and control and that lusts that seeks pleasure in material Mm -hmm. things and food and almost to excess, right? Like the people that are running the world would sort of fit that archetype, their pure ego. And so in a way, Satan 
is yourself uh, or an aspect of yourself. And then Lucifer would be this other aspect, the, the side of you that wants to reach enlightenment, that wants to become a light being. And then you have this ego that's always tempting you like Satan did with Christ when he was fasting mm-hmm. and meditating in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And then Satan comes to him and he takes him up and shows him all of this stuff. So obviously this is happening in a, like a, a spiritual space or a mental space, right? And Jesus is experiencing this battle with his ego the ego wants to give him dominion over all of these things because he's he's realizing the power within himself that he is God. And mm-hmm. so the ego is like, yeah, but you could use that power and just dominate this material realm. Mm-hmm. And of course, he rejects all of that. Right. And that's kind of how I see this battle between God and Satan. It's It's the God within you battling Uh with the ego, which is Satan, trying to keep you locked into this material realm and focused on everything external, your job, all of the worries. Mm -hmm. Oh, somebody died. Oh, somebody got married. Yay. Oh, the baby was born. And these are all great things and painful things. But what it says to me is like, when you begin to detach from the external world and go inside, right? Uh Now you're looking for God and you're rejecting the ego's desires. The ego wants to, you know, eat all of this sumptuous food and mm-hmm. have sex and do drugs and smoke and drink and party and just have a good time. Be hedonistic, be uh-huh. seek material gain and power. And then there's that other side of you that wants to reject those things. All you really want to do in the external world is essentially bring love and light to people to help others to show kindness and compassion and to build relationships and put something positive out there. Whereas Uh the, the ego wants to destroy and is nihilistic in a sense. And it tends toward entropy and, and annihilation. Eric, have you ever read any Steiner? I have, I have not. I've listened to a few of his book or his uh, lectures on YouTube. Yeah, that's the stuff right there. That Ruder, Rudolf Steiner press audio channel, that's my shit, especially like when I'm, you know, turning in like for bed and stuff at night. But um, one of the things that I was going to say was like, you should really, really like listen to um, some of his lectures on the Christ and the Christ impulse, because I think that you're really... Absolutely. You're really, really onto something. And like, it's almost, yeah, it's very close ish, you know, I mean, there's different like words. Like I feel like, um, you know, Steiner uses the word Araman from the Zoroastrianism religion, you know, as kind of like the, the beast of today or like the antichrist or whatever figure force of today. Um, but definitely like some of the lectures on Christ specifically, I think that you would really get into and get behind because they're pretty much like what you just said. (laughs) So, um, I definitely have been wanting to start reading more and Steiner is certainly on the list of people that I've been told and have wanted personally to mm -hmm. read and study. 
but I found something that's really tripping me out is that I think even just in the last six months, I, I talk a lot. I talk to a lot of different people and I'll just say things, things just come to my mind. They just pop uh-huh. into my head and I just say them. And then somebody will tell me, Oh, have you read this book? You should read this book. And what I'm finding is that all of these books that I've never read mm-hmm. contain all of the things that I just that find myself know. thinking. Yes. Totally. <laughs> right. The same thing happens for me with movies. And it's like where I can't watch movies and most shows, to be honest, like I just fall asleep or like lose attention or whatever, but I have a lot of like visions of things that people are like, are like, yeah, that sounds a lot like this this movie, you know, and I'm just like, well, you know, I, I don't really know, but it just goes to show one of like, you know, the Jesus teachings from the Bible is that the kingdom of heaven or whatever that is, is within you, which kind of brings us full circle. It's like that internal state it's, it's which wolf, which wolf are you going to feed? You know? Yeah. It's interesting to this um, idea of the adversary and how um, kind of playing into the larger picture where if you get kind of up close and personal with it, it's really uh, awful and you take it personally or like you have, you you might feel shame or you might get your feel. I'm talking about like any sort of uh, experience with anything that might make someone feel shameful or they might feel like they've met their match. And, um, when you kind of come out on the other side of it, there's sort of this, like, uh, it's not like an appreciation of like, thank God this like thing happened to me. That was bad, but you really kind of, there's a way that you glean silver linings from stuff and you're really, I don't know, you kind of focus on that and it makes you kind of like a stronger person and not that that's like the goal of life or anything, but there is sort of. I think a way to come out of having a very tough go at it and sort of have an appreciation for that experience, even though it was tough, maybe especially because it was tough, because the person who you are on the other side of it is such a, I guess, like an improvement upon, you know, from, from what you were on the other side of it. I know that I've had some experiences where it's like, uh, on paper, they sound terrible, but I don't think had I... Had I not had those experiences like with drugs and alcohol or whatever, you know, like early in my twenties and having bottom bottom out experiences, like, I don't think that I would have maybe gotten in alignment with my, what I feel is like my purpose or I feel my best when I'm doing certain work. And I, I feel like I would have totally missed out on that. So it's sort of getting off of the course is sometimes really helpful or maybe having like a fight with the adversary or however you want to conceptualize that is um it may not be appreciated in the moment but sort of like after the fact you can really sort of yeah evaluate and see all the things that you you didn't even know you had inside of you that you were able to sort of deliver to get out of that situation or whatever so I think there's a lot to be said a competition uh like boxing match where you know you you want if you're in any kind of sport or whatever it is really uh Mm -hmm. if you're trying to become better at something you don't want to have an opponent or an adversary that is beneath your abilities so you're always seeking out the person above you that you want to try to challenge 
because they're going to sharpen you and they're going to they're going to bring that better part of you out they're going to extract mm -hmm. it through that confrontation through that adversarial relationship i found this in my my first marriage was that you know i was married to a, a narcissist mm. and it was bad i you know this was a my first experience with a person like that and i was young and naive and when mm. i went into it i believed in so many things differently than i do now and i was blind i couldn't see what she really was but right. that was by design because i needed that relationship because that relationship cracked me open broke me yeah. down and extracted that essential oil of my being and brought it out to the surface so that i could begin to grow and transform and transmute all of that stuff that had transpired and over the course of you know 10 years i've been doing mm -hmm. that uh it was like a jumping off point and there's been other things in my life you know sure. the death of my mom and all of these other things taken as a whole they've all been designed to get me to where i am now and so anytime adversity now comes to me i try to look at it as a gift and say mm -hmm. i know that on the other side of this there's going to be this beautiful uh, epiphany <laughs> and this right. furtherance of my consciousness. And I know that I have to go through this, but I don't have to go through it like I used to, where right. I'm angry and I'm confused and I'm resentful and I'm in victimhood all the time. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Absolutely. It's a it's something that um, as I get older, I learn to deal with adversity with more grace. And I that's something I definitely um, have been working on in the last like 15 years is how do you how do you not lose your cool? But beyond that, how do you just kind of remain? Um, you know, it's that's kind of the gold pill vibe is how do you remain uh, cool when things are not going well? Or how do you still find the humor? Or how do you? How do you put the pieces together once it's crumbled and how do you make it even stronger and um I, that's kind of the attitude you have to have now because things are so um interesting you know and you can't really rely on things to be the same one day to the next every day and i think the more that we look forward to challenges and stuff like that in our lives the uh you know obviously we want to have our needs met things like that but as far as just having our routine sort of you know interrupted or just kind of learning how to deal with the new uh the new energy patterns that are coming through the the more we're kind of open to that and realizing that this is breaking down things but it's creating space to build something new i think the more we keep in mind with that the the, the easier it is to sort of see it to the next uh the, the next thing or the next moment that keeps you going and I've been thinking about this a lot too, about the, what is the thing that, what is the thing about me that changed when I started thinking about things in terms of gold pill? And it's this idea that um, it's not a bad thing that things from day to day aren't going to be the same. Like there's in the, in the absence of like regularity and routine, there's sort of this chance for the, the miraculous to occur. And there's been so many times in the last year that um, just thinking about what I thought was going to happen from January of 2021 till, you know, 2022, 
the way I saw the year going, I thought we were just going to be in total darkness. And it didn't turn out that way. You know, like there's been so many times when I thought something was going to go through and it didn't. And I know that it's still coming, but the there's and there's bad things probably down the road, but um, it's there's good things as well. There's 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 hope and there's not even hope. There's like really you can see kind of like my struggle to find a better word than miracle. You can see miracles happening all the time now, if you're just like open to receiving that and they're not like huge life-changing miracles all the time, but it's just things where it's like, that was not supposed to happen. And it did. And so that's what it is, is appreciating the positivity and the spontaneity and knowing it's coming and just being able to look out for that. And that's, that's my gold pill for the day. Oh, I was just thinking about how much stuff that I have had to navigate in the last literally like since like day one of us doing this podcast together, because uh-huh. I mean, oh, it, gosh, dude, so if you want to talk about like somebody snapping into like fulfilling a best friend type of role in my life, having not really known me at all, but I guess having interfaced, I mean, how long did we know each other before I yeah like a month or like truly like two months not that long I mean at all but like oh my gosh the way that like my life kind of exploded in some ways like and then having to navigate around some of that stuff it's just it's really it's funny how you know we're talking about oh well how do you handle adversity and this and that and it's just been like thing after thing after thing and like not even in a bad way I can see that it's like I'm going that there's a purpose for it all and that like there's a direction for it all and it's just yeah it's it's interesting when we're in the thick of things when we're in the storm we can like forget how it feels to like you know be dry and to be warm and all of that absolutely it's I definitely have you know I think it's like even Ram Dass has this thing where he's like yeah everyone's enlightened until I have to spend time with their in-laws you know so it's like yeah right and so it's like it's not um the idea is to be like is what non not nonchalant but just kind of like centered I guess as you can the entire time but it's to to air is human, you know, and I don't even think it's to air. I think it's, I think to be your authentic self is the best thing. And then when your authentic self can align with, you know, seeing miracles and hopeful things, then that's like, that's winning for me, but it's not every day, you know? So, but more and more lately, I got to be honest, more and more, I just keep having, I keep seeing and meeting and talking to and being exposed to energy that is just like so new and so refreshing. And I see every like, people that like Eric, we started talking maybe like in March or April, because that's when I joined the, the cafe. Mm-hmm. And even just talking about things with you over time, like the things that we've been able to talk about and bring from our, our the recesses of our mind out into things we talk about. And now you've already had a, a podcast and now Mer- Meredith and I are podcasting and we're just it's expanding. The idea, the energy is expanding and it's awesome to be a part of it. And it's awesome to see everyone like level up in their, in their, in their worlds and in their abilities and in their senses and whatever that means. I mean, it's been, it's a magical time to be alive for lack Mm -hmm. of a better word. You know, it really is. So I have a question. 
question for Eric, but I want you to respond with whatever. We've just been, you know, yakking. Oh, it's fun. Just chatting. I was just going to say, I just uh, realized and kind of like did the video to celebrate my one year anniversary of having my YouTube channel and having consistently put out content that I felt yes. was yeah. relevant to what's happening and useful to people. And most yes. of it's just my personal journey and the, the things I'm starting to discover about the world and myself. And so yeah. I just wanted to do that. I started it. I had gotten, you know, met a group of people that were doing something constructive uh, by meeting and having Zoom having like a zoom call with like 30 to 50 people in it. And mm -hmm. we were all trying to work, work on our shit and, and figure yeah. things out. And that helped me a lot. And then I met some really great people in there. And one of whom, uh, my friend, Michael Wachter, mm. who I started my YouTube channel with uh, esoteric journey. It was, the idea was to kind of explore uh, the idea that reality is like a, an alternative, an ARG, an alternate reality game. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of morphed from there. We, we started getting into all kinds of different esoteric topics and discussing these really deep philosophical things. And sometimes we would just talk about nothing at all, just whatever's going on or something having to do with magic. But over time, you know, he had things coming on in his life and he had to leave and go tend to work and things. So I kind of was left on my own and I went through periods where I just didn't know if I wanted to do it anymore or I didn't want to put all the time and effort into it. But something just kept nagging at me to just keep going with it. So mm -hmm. I started, I realized that I started it on the full wolf moon in 2021. And so I just did a video on the full wolf, wolf moon for 2022, marking my one year anniversary. So I hope that you guys really stick with it because even, you know, I don't care if people watch my videos or subscribe to my channel. I really don't. I'm not there to make money. I'm just there to share my experience and my awesome. journey that I'm on and hope that it's relevant and helpful to other people that might be on a similar journey. Totally. And I love ha just having these conversations. I've met so many amazing people who... I've grown to become friends with and just starting that channel opened up so many doors to meet mm -hmm. other people who were already doing the same thing, but had been doing it a lot longer. And, you know, so I met people like Emily, I met people like Nish, uh, I met people that I didn't even know before I started on this journey that I've mm -hmm. met and, and had wonderful conversations with. Um, so I, I just, I really like that you guys took that step and I, I hope you keep it up. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot, lot of fun. We um have we started doing it be oh just because of the gold pill, it was this uh neat little thing that we happened to run into each other. It was a synchronicity of what the gold pill was to us. And it's just I think that when you have something that's personally meaningful between a couple of people. It's kind of like a vehicle that kind of carries you. So you have like a, we had this kind of idea that was beyond us, which was really cool. But Meredith, I keep cutting you off. You have all these great questions I want you to ask. 
No, no. Um, just so that I can say this, I am withdrawing from nicotine this weekend. Eric, just FYI, if there's like a like sense of timing that's like kind of off or like lagging, that's definitely most certainly why. So I just wanted to share that. We were talking about like <laughs> coming away from substances and meeting our shadows. And it's most certainly been that kind of weekend for me, but I would like to ask if you know anything about your astrology or your human design. I'm not too, too like uh, versed in gene keys, but I have been really meaning to step into that. So I'm glad that we talked because now I have that kind of push, you know, but wondering about your astrology chart and your human design. And if you could even, if you, if you know your wife's astrology and human design, I want to know about that too. So Go for it. So I, I do actually, um, okay. I looked up, I am a reflector. So, <gasps> oh my God, you're a reflector. You're like, okay, go on. Sorry. I guess I'm a chameleon. I don't, I don't really know how to take the, the human design stuff. Uh, you know, the gene keys are an outgrowth of human design, mm -hmm. but honestly you can approach gene keys without knowing anything about human design whatsoever. I don't think it really is critical that you know your human design type and, and all of those things. Yeah, I, I still have my chart and I'm, I'm kind of trying to look at it and try to understand it a little bit more, but I don't want to pay right now <laughs> to oh, yeah. get a, a huge document of stuff that's just going to be boilerplate for a reflector. Um, yeah. But my my astrology, I've definitely looked into my astrology. So I'm I'm a I'm a Virgo, uh, right. September sixth, nineteen seventy six. Okay. Uh, I if I look at my chart, I have a really balanced chart. So yeah. uh, like in each house, there's you know a wide distribution of of planets and the sun and the moon. I think I have the my sun is ascendant in Leo. I believe I, I don't okay so you're you're a Leo rising and a Virgo sun that makes sense yeah cool. and so as a reflector I it says that you essentially you don't have any um governing I, I would have to read it again but my take on it was that I am able to uh, feel the energies of people around me and the types of people around me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm the only one that's tied in heavily to the cycles of the moon, apparently. So reflectors uh, get their like authority from the moon. And it, it tells you if you're going to make a decision that reflectors should wait a full moon cycle, which What's is interesting because... I started following uh, a lunar calendar, at least tangentially, not like I, I haven't sat down and written one out yet, but I'm certainly paying attention to the phases of the moon and what's going on during those periods of time and what the energy is like and how that's manifesting. So I feel like I'm really starting to get more in touch with the natural rhythm of nature and out of the you know, the out of sync or the discordant uh, flow with Babylon. And the more I, I tap into like natural cycles, I feel like my outlook changes and magic begins to happen all around me, synchronicities, epiphanies, and I, it's beautiful. 
awesome. It's like all I, all I needed to do was just get on the right frequency, totally. which was always there. But I was convinced that I had to go by, you know, the, the regular calendar and my, my clock would tell me what time it was. But now I don't even pay attention to the time that often. I just kind of instinctually know what time it is. And I, without even looking where the moon's at, I could tell by the way I feel mm-hmm. what, you know, where we are. Is it waxing or waning? You know, are we close to the full moon? I can feel that rising energy in me. Hmm. What is your moon sign in your chart? Do you know off the top? Of your Not head? off the top of my head. Okay. That's an interesting, I would like to know that sometime if you just want to like send me a message into our little group chat. Um, so that's fascinating that you're a reflector. I'm a mental projector, which is very similar to being a reflector. We're both pretty rare and our authority is not inside of us. I think that's like the, a same, yeah. a same thread. Um, I think the only difference really is that I'm absorbing all of the energy and you're reflecting it, you know? So, um, I would love it's to really interesting to me about, sorry that I cannot help myself. Um, the okay. theme with your mom that you, that we've been talking about. And then the fact that you're a reflector, which is in sync with the moon, which of course is just a very motherly, um, I don't know. You just have a lot going on with, um, with, the, with mother and like the mother energy, Eric, what's your relationship like with the subconscious? Oh, well, that, that is a deep question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I, don't, I don't mean to go super deep with it. I guess I didn't even realize where I was, how deep that was. But um, I just, it's very interesting. Something that we might want to consider another time in our group chat. Because Probably yeah. not, not as good as I would like to have. I would put it sure. that way. It's a neglected aspect. Oh, I see. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cause, um, all those things like really resonate in sense with the reflector and the moon energy. And I always, I, I always think of mother when I think of reflector moon energy. And also like, you know, we were talking about the Pluto return too, and mm-hmm. how like the United States itself is a cancer is arguably, you know, ruled by the moon in some instances, you know, and so, and Capricorn, which is where the United States Pluto is, is the father archetype. Um, You know, seems like we've gotten into a lot of different kinds of polarities in this conversation, you know, the shadow self, Mm -hmm. the light self, your inner, like Satan, your inner Jesus, like the inner father, and how all of those archetypes, um, exist and kind of commingle and like in different ways in different amounts for different people Eric, what your um your wifey's human design or astrology is i'm just curious because yeah she's a generator i believe sweet tight so we kind of complement one another yeah Um, which is why i think we work so well so yeah So I've been looking at like relational dynamics with human design. Like I used to with astrology when I was kind of coming up and studying it and just with that same fascination. So I have to ask who approached who, or like, how did you guys meet? So it was probably back in 20, 
2013, 2014, sometime in the early, early part of the year, I want to say like February or March. Mm -hmm. And I had been on, at that time, I was on Instagram doing a lot of photography stuff. Uh And so, you know, back then at that time on Instagram, it was a much smaller community of people and all you could do was upload photos. Yeah. So it was mostly about photography and people wanting to showcase their art. Uh, And then it slowly turned into just this disgusting thing where people take pictures of their fingernail polish and Arizona tea cans and what they're eating and it started to turn into Facebook. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we migrated to like a different platform and it was there where I found her and she had some, you know, interesting black and white photos. I really liked her stuff. And we would correspond like I would with most Aww. of these people. I didn't know who she was or if it was a man or a woman. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's a lot of weirdness going on. Uh. <laughs> and I was, I had gotten involved in a relationship with a woman that I met through there that lived in London and oh, she wow. was, she, she wasn't married, but she was living with a guy that she had children with. And that was a really bad situation. And that was kind of like my dark night of the soul period of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I think I really was broken down. And at the same time, you know, my, my wife, Amanda, had come into my life. She was also sort of dating a guy who lived in London. And that guy happened to know the girl that I was dating. And wow. she went to London to visit him, even though he, you know, he was married and had a family. And so she was doing her thing and I was doing mine. And we were both kind of getting involved in bad relationships. Mm. And then somehow we, we just connected. And we ended up talking and we were friends for a long time. And then in 2015, I actually flew out to Dayton, Ohio, where she's from. And then we drove from there to Kansas City, where I'm from, to visit Mm -hmm. my family. And so the first time we ever meet in person, we go on a road trip together. And it it was really good. And ever since then, we stayed in touch and became romantic and of course eventually she moved out here where I am in Virginia and now you know we have a we have a five-year-old son Logan and it's been great love that I love when um when conscious people are raising children like that's like something that I definitely I see that and I'm like okay yes like fuck yeah that's happening and I'm glad that it is you know very gold pill. Very gold pill. Yes. Raise those gold, yes. those gold pill children. Yeah. And there's yes. a lot of those uh, gold pill kids out there. It's like yes. a new generation of children who will not be vaccinated, who will not uh, be fed mm-hmm. all of the terrible food and mm-hmm. all of the lies yeah. and be raised in a different Phenomenal. environment. Absolutely. It's gonna be, My- I, that's why I have so much hope. Yeah. Heck yeah. My best, my best friend in the whole world, um, or one of them has two twin girls and they are just absolutely wonderful. Perfect. Definitely gold pill 
Absolutely. They're basically like inside of my own heart at this point. Um, but yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it's been so nice to talk to you, Eric. I've really enjoyed this conversation so much. I have too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yes, we hope to have you back. This has been so great. We've gone to so many interesting places and you definitely gave us the scoop on Washington, D.C., which is we should not be panicked. It sounds like right. things are boring. Okay. Nothing that to see like... here. Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not, I mean, yes, they are putting up, uh, you know, fencing around the Capitol. Yeah. And, you know, they, they make this show. Of course, last year they had the Black Lives Matter painted down this main avenue leading up to the White House. And that's still closed off and you can't go there to drive. Uh-huh. But there are people all over DC. The times that we have gone this past summer to Rock Creek Park, which is in Northern DC and Rock Creek Park's in, uh, like this amazing, it's kind of like Central Park, but it's spread out and it's winding and it has all these creeks and hills and uh, bluffs mm-hmm. and hiking trails and a lot of really old stuff. Uh, so I, I enjoy that place. So we have to go through DC to get there Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I see people out shopping, going to restaurants, um, you know, they're all wearing masks and they probably all have vaccine passports, but people are just out doing what they normally would do. Right. And I see people like this person who keeps driving around to a specific neighborhood in DC where there is typically less foot traffic very few people are walking around down there because it's just all of these massive square block long government buildings and there's nothing to do down there there's might be a mcdonald's there might be a a coffee shop or something and so why would would that be open yeah yeah he goes at times where of course all federal workers for the most part are working from home so there's very very few cars down there like there usually is and less people in general and then they're trying to imply that where did all the people go and what's going on and it's just you yeah. know it's like they're trying to make something out of nothing because they want to take it out of context and to me I just it irks me and I just want to put it on record that you know there's nothing happening with people disappearing and <laughs> any of the stuff going on in DC that this person keeps trying to perpetuate okay so that's good to know because it's in 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 our community it's good to know about these people too because uh not every conspiracy has validity and it's always good to look into stuff and it's also really good to realize that um fear and like our louche is really real and you know there's lots of different entities and groups and you know people individuals that are interested in capitalizing on our louche and i just we shouldn't live in fear and so that's great news to hear about washington dc and that whatever's going on is not uh obvious or visible and uh it seems like nothing is as a foot so that sounds great yes and you know like the astrology of the situation like yeah i don't know i Girl, I hear you. I'll wait until after I'll wait until after this year and then I'll be like, okay, well then maybe nothing is happening, you know, and then I'll just like be fine with that because it's not like anybody who's like clamoring about what's happening or what's coming or whatever. It's not like anybody who's clamoring about that 
like actually wants any of those things to happen or come. And if they do, then they need a, um, you know. I, yeah, I was literally speaking of the TikToker that I had sent to Eric. That guy, I think, was literally trying to make something out of nothing. But oh, there could be other things okay. going on. Yes, that, I, guess, I don't remember his yeah. name, but he was definitely trying to get some action going around the lack of inactivity in D.C. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he specifically was probably just trying, you know, or maybe he lives in a lot of fear and that's how he sees the world, you know, and that's what he <laughs> was actually seeing. But either way, yeah, yeah absolutely. Robert, yes. Go ahead. Robert thinks that the Capitol, like that they're going to blow up the Capitol. I love that take because that like excites and like exacerbates my, um, my inner anarchist, but that's a, you know, different story for a different day. Eric, thank you so Robert, much. Yes, thank you so much. We'll have we'll have you back because obviously we cannot get enough of the conversation with you. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was yeah. such a pleasure to be here, and I'm very thankful that you you asked me to come on, and I hope I can come back. I like to talk about pretty much anything. So love that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no right, idea is too taboo for me. Well, where can people find you, Eric? What is the name of your YouTube channel? So it's Esoteric Journey mm-hmm. on YouTube. And Thursday nights, we do uh, like a Zoom for about three hours, very much like Emily's Cafe. Uh, I put the link on the YouTube channel. It's in the header image and the about page on YouTube. And then mm-hmm. Thursdays from six to nine uh, Eastern time, people can come in and out, you know, whenever they like. And, you know, we just have similar types of conversations. I love that. That's a great way to be of service um, during this time. But yeah, awesome. Well, have a good night, you guys. And thank you so much if you're listening to this for listening to the Gold Pill Podcast. Bye. Bye.